thank you so much for joining the My Whim Live Show, where I interview people who have wisdom, humor, inspiration, or motivation to share with my little part of the world. Today, we are chatting with Ashley McAvoy. I met her actually line dancing uh, one night with a whole bunch of girlfriends, and we had the best connection, and I just have absolutely adored following her and all of her crazy journeys ever since. <laughs> so, Ashley, tell everyone a little bit more about you. Okay, well, to clarify, since we met line dancing, I have three left feet. I am not a good dancer. I love to dance. I don't let it stop me, but... I still don't know any of those line dances I learned. <laughs> so it was fun. Who cares? It's fun. I made friends. Exactly. I, I had no problem making a goofball out of myself. It comes very naturally to me. So I just Perfect. Rolled, um, I'm 33 years old in Caldwell, Idaho. I've lived in Idaho for 13 years. I was born and raised in Denver. I have, get ready for it, seven children. I always have to give people a minute because they're like, what? Yes, I have seven children. I birthed them all. I carried them all. Trust me, I did. I have the Spanx collection to prove it, to hold everything in. <laughs> um, they, I have two girls from my first marriage that my current husband has adopted, and I have five boys that are biologically my husband's. We had twins that took us by surprise. We thought we were done with five, found out we were pregnant, I guess, almost two years ago now. And they didn't find out until our second ultrasound that it was twins. Both mm. held out hope that we'd get a baby girl, but we got two amazing baby boys, which is fine. It's very peaceful in my house right now because the twins are at daycare and the big kids are at school. And I bribed the four-year-old who didn't want to go to daycare with Roblox time. Like, here's mommy's phone, play Roblox, be quiet for one hour, just one. So we'll right. see. We'll see how long until he makes an appearance. <laughs> that sounds time. awesome. I love to do all the things so I am very involved in network marketing I have my own little Plexus supplement business that I love I've done that for the last six years the products changed my life and my health and they actually just kind of showed me what I was capable of when my business started taking off I am going to be competing for Mrs. Idaho for the third time I've competed I competed two years in a row uh the second time I competed I was actually eight weeks pregnant we didn't know it was twins yet but I was so sick I powered through Won some serious awards, loved it, took a year off because twins. And we'll be competing as Mrs. Caldwell in June of next year. I'm super, super stoked to be back with my girls. I can't wait. It was one of the most life-changing experiences I've had. Another one of those moments when I realized, hey, I'm a hot mess. I'm the conductor all aboard the Hot Mess Express, but I can still do the things. Even even when life is crazy, even when I was like legit throwing up 20 times a day, I still powered through and was able to do it. And it just really has given me, it's really one of those outer body experiences where you, where you can see yourself the way other people see you. So even on those insecure days, even on those down on yourself days, I just kind of look back and remember, hey, look at these amazing friends I made with amazing women. And Somehow I managed to just connect to amazing women like Wendy, who are all about empowerment and positivity and laughing through life's bullcrap. And yeah, that's just, that's just who I am. I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Oh, and I'm a bartender now, <laughs> because why not? Why not add what? Now I'm bartending over at my favorite restaurant because 
let's be honest, mama needs to get out of the house after six months of quarantine and the kids being home. <laughs> Adult interaction. I told my husband, I was like, my brain is turning, turning to mush. Somehow trying to like homeschool my kids made me dumber. I don't know yes. how that happened, but it for sure, for sure made me dumber. So it's really, really nice to have this three night a week outlet where I get to socialize, be an adult, use my brain again, and make cash. Who doesn't who doesn't love a little bit of cash? Right. So I think I think that's it. <laughs> I mean there's I don't know if that's enough, Ashley. Maybe we should find you a hobby. I don't yeah, I don't think I have enough going on in my life. I don't a business, a, a part-time job that's almost become full-time and seven kids. Don't worry, my house is a mess, guys. Before you sit here and think like, oh crap, no, my house is, it's a disaster. Like my laundry is everywhere. We live out of laundry. It's fine. It's fine. Eventually I'll just hire someone to do it for me. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. I love that you are just totally honest and real because God forbid anyone thought that one of us had all of our shit together. Right, like, That's not a thing. I don't think I have any of my shit together. It's like that meme says, I don't have ducks in a row. I have squirrels and they're at a row. Well, I have decided that your episode is all about the humor side of life because <laughs> Jesus, if we can't laugh at ourselves, there really is no freaking point to all right, this like, crazy. Like at some point you've just got to go from sobbing hysterically in the closet eating chocolate to laughing at yourself sobbing hysterically in the closet eating chocolate. Like, and my husband thinks I'm the weirdest person ever. He still doesn't believe that like the majority of women cry in the closet or the shower. I'm like, no, that's totally normal. He'll like come to the door. It's locked. He's like, are you crying? And I'm like, am I in the closet with the door locked? Okay, bye, honey. Let me know when you're ready for me. <laughs> it's normal. It's fine. It's totally fine. And I'm sure there are probably new closet criers. There are probably men cr closet criers this year. Like, oh, for sure. But yes, I am all about laughing at myself, laughing it off. I have my big fat meltdown and then I'm just like, either what lesson or what joke can I get from this? Right. A lesson or a joke or both in everything. Absolutely. I love that. I just, I can absolutely imagine you literally sitting in the closet, eating your chocolate crying and then going, all right, put my crown back on. We're going to put it on straight. And we're gonna do this. At least like straight adjacent, like you know. Right. It'll be their stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it and that's what I try to teach my kids too, especially my girls. They're entering that teenage world where life is really hard and friends are mean. Middle school's a real bitch. It's super hard. And I'm just like, you just gotta laugh it off, guys. Like it, we have standards, we have boundaries, we have, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z to get A, B, and C. But when life gets hard, when you get embarrassed, it's so much easier just to accept it and laugh it off. And for me, I see mistakes as a learning opportunity. I screw yes. up a lot. I, I tell people that at work all the time. I'm like, the good thing about me is if I screw up, I'm going to fully acknowledge it, probably do it at least one more time, and then learn my lesson. <laughs> Absolutely. But if you, Absolutely. Can't, if you can't accept your mistakes and just own them and say, hey, what can I learn from them? Like, what are you even learning in life? Like we all screw up and I know we live in this social media world with filters and yeah, I've got my pretty studio light on and the nice makeup under that is just a tired mom with giant bags under her eyes who is trying to laugh through the chaos. I've got these little twins that are mobile and the big difference I've learned between twins and a baby and a toddler is the twins egg each other on. 
Like, oh yeah. If one doesn't think of it, the other one will, and they will soon unite forces and tear <laughs> my whole life apart. So I've learned to just take a video of it for blackmail later when they try to act Perfect. like, oh man, you're the worst. And I'm like, I'm the worst? Remember that time you dumped out an entire bag of expensive cereal on my table and danced in it? Who's the worst? <laughs> We've learned to laugh. You can't have this many kids. You can't have this many boys and not laugh. And I've told my neighbors that. I'm like, you're going to hear me yell a lot. Because that's the only thing they respond to. Like the only thing they hear. They can only hear one tone of my voice when it's yelling. And you're probably going to hear the hose going in the backyard a lot. Because right. if there's mud, they'll find it. And they're like little piggies. Just roll around in it. And it's just it's just easier to spray them off. I promise I'm not torturing them. I'm not waterboarding them. I'm just cleaning them before they come in my house. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Well, obviously, there is some serious amount of crazy in your life. And I don't even know if this is a pertinent question. But you've got to have some tools in your tool belt for staying somewhat on track because you are still running a business and everyone's still alive so i yes. feel like you've got some habits that you're using it's called therapy <laughs> i'm just gonna be real honest we have very much normalized mental health in our home perfect um, traumatic childhood i've got some real demons in my closet that i've had to overcome I've got some real, just my own, just my own internal battles. So my goal in life has been, can we just normalize mental health? Can we just make it the same as diabetes? I have my mental health checkup every two weeks. I go to individual therapy and then I go straight into group therapy. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid to tell people, I'm not afraid to give you my therapist's name. My girls came to me. I was actually really proud of them last week and said, mom, life's been really hard. This year has been really hard. Can we go back to therapy? Because they know that door is always open. If you don't feel like you need it right now, okay, you don't have to go. But they know that they can come to me and say, Mom, this has been so hard. We are so overwhelmed. We, my oldest actually said to me, I want to go back to therapy before I do something stupid. Which, wow. At 13 years old, I feel like that shows just an insane amount of self-awareness and emotional maturity. But I, I tell people all the time, that is my tool bag. I go to therapy. I'm fully honest, full disclosure with my therapist, and I work every day on controlling my own emotions, being a good example to my kids. I'm not perfect. I mean, look at my fingernails, guys. I broke half of them off at work, and I couldn't get in until tomorrow. So <laughs> this doesn't show you who I am as a person. There's no perfection here. I'm not trying to hide anything. I am a highly emotional, intense person. I feel everything. It kind of drives my husband crazy. And luckily for me, he's the opposite. He's a little bit more dead inside. So we really balance each other. I feel everything intense, good, bad, and no in between. It's either really, really good and super fantastic, or I'm, I'm over here. And so I'm in therapy. I talk to her and I'm learning that just that balance where I can use that emotion for good, where I can use that enthusiasm, but also learning to accept those sad feelings and my favorite thing in therapy is every feeling is valid. If you're feeling it, whether someone wants to tell you it's not, you can't control them, you can't control their reaction, but you're allowed to have those feelings. And what we work on is not staying in those feelings. So when I'm sad, when I'm depressed, my goal is to give myself a day if I need it and just be sad and just be sad, work through the grief. I've had some pretty sad things happen the last few years. Everyone, you know, goes through it. And just learning to say, okay, today's a sad day. 
Today, I don't have to put makeup on. I don't have to be happy. I don't have to respond to text messages and phone calls in my team. And, you know, maybe I do have to go to work and pull myself out of it. But just giving myself that space and those boundaries of it's okay to be sad. I don't have to be happy all the time. That was the hardest thing for me. I yeah. don't have to be happy all the time. I am allowed to be sad. I am allowed to feel what I'm feeling, especially this freaking year. Yeah. I'm allowed to say this freaking sucks. And I'm sure so many other people can say that their depression, their anxiety, it's all just been heightened because we're experiencing something we've never lived through before. We don't know how to cope with this because we've never done it before. Right. And seeing this increase in suicide, this increase in, in just depression, this increase in illness and job loss, and it just breaks my heart. And all I want to say is your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Your mental health checkups are just as important as your physical checkups. If you're working on your physical body, but you're not working on your soul and your mind, you're going to be out of balance. And it was hard. I mean, even with my husband at first, he was like, oh, therapists are all quacks because it's just not normal. It's just not something we talk about. It's not something, you know, you're, you're just tough. You just tough it out. You just man up and get through it. That doesn't always work. Yeah. And I love, um, one of my sons is an occupational therapy because he's got a sensory disorder. He's got ADHD. He's got a speech delay. He struggles. And his therapist gave him this chart to gauge, is this a big problem or a small problem? And then it kind of shows him like what your reaction is based on the, the level of the problem. And it's so cute to hear this little six-year-old with this cute little speech impediment ask his brother when he's flipping out because his milk spilled out of the cereal bowl. Okay, James, is this a big problem or is this a small problem? <laughs> seeing my kids even, you know, learning to recognize those emotions and like recognize an appropriate reaction. Okay, this isn't that big of a deal. And it's kind of funny to even see my little six-year-old coaching like my 11, 13. Okay, sister, is this a big problem or a little problem? And yeah. that, I asked myself that, okay. I'm having a meltdown because my favorite lipstick broke in my purse. My daughter stepped on it somehow and tracked it all through the carpet in the house we lived in for a month. Brand new. Bright red splotches on my carpet that aren't coming up. In the grand scheme of things, I have seven kids. We knew that carpet was going to be trash. That's why we didn't pay for a big upgrade on carpet because we knew in six years when the kids were bigger, we'd be replacing it. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm kind of pissed. I'm really frustrated because, hey, it was my favorite red lipstick. We know as women how hard that is to find. It was brand new carpet, but kids are fine. The house is paid for. Carpet can be replaced. And that's where I go to. My therapist is super cool. And she calls it your wise mind. And it's a meeting of your logic and your emotions. Because when you're too logical, you forget to feel your emotions and eventually explode. When you're too emotional, you forget to find the logic and a happy medium. So that's, yeah. that's where I'm at in life. What's my wise mind saying? My wise mind is saying that the carpet can be replaced. It's okay to be bummed about it. You'll find a new red lipstick. Ashley, you have 3,000 to eat those blinders. I promise. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And I definitely agree about the red lipstick. Like there's only one right shade. There's only right. one. Only one because it makes your teeth look whiter and it makes it look like you got your crap together. <laughs> Regardless of what's real, it matters. But I'm not. Today's a new kind of a day because I'm still mooring the red lipstick. See, I'm allowing myself to feel it. <laughs> I 
absolutely love that. Oh my gosh. So I know that you are involved in Plexus and you uh, are have an MLM team, which kind of sometimes can have a really big stigma, but I'm a big fan of MLMs. I've been involved in several of them. Um, and so tell me a little bit about that journey. How did it start and where are you at now? I actually love it. I've actually taken, I've given myself permission to take a little step back because I was getting a little bit too competitive with myself. I started six years ago. What's really funny is I started for the absolute most shallow reason. I wanted to lose weight. I saw my husband's cousins like having this crazy success, dropping all this weight. So a little backstory, I was diagnosed with lupus when I was 17. So I've, I've basically been systemically sick my whole life, just chronically sure. ill, arthritis, fatigue, fibromyalgia. I've, I've, you know, I've got scoliosis at 25. I was told I was looking at full hip and knee replacements in the next 10 years. I just, I was a mess. In my 20s, I was just a mess with my health. And all I cared about was losing the 40 pounds I packed on after my fourth child. But what was crazy is I immediately just started noticing these changes in myself. I wanted to get stuff done. I was getting out of bed earlier. I wanted to work out. And my mood was better. I wasn't depressed. I went to the doctor and my blood work looked better. And I was just like, this is so weird. And I lost the weight. But I barely even noticed losing the weight because all these other things I had honestly forgotten what it felt like to be healthy. Yeah. And so I'm an overshare, if you haven't noticed. I just kind of tell everybody everything. I'm that girl that you're like, oh, that shirt's cute. I'm like, thanks, I got it for three bucks at Walmart. You want me to show you which one? I'm <laughs> that girl. So it was just kind of natural progression of me like saying, oh my gosh, you guys, I haven't felt this good in years. And my friends, crazy, but they wanted to feel better too. And MLMs have their ups and downs. I've accepted that. I haven't grown this like massive team. I don't have this like multi-million dollar business. But as a stay-at-home mom who at the time it wasn't feasible for me to go get a job, to have that extra income to be able to make car payments and insurance payments and utility payments and pay for the products that I was taking, it was life-changing. I got to earn vacations. I had never been on a real vacation as an adult. And so my husband and I, that first trip that I won, that I earned, got to go on a vacation. And I was like, you know what? This is legit. And I've done, I've done other MLMs and had no success. But to experience the kind of people that are in Plexus and the, the mindset, and like I said at the beginning, it, it just showed me what I was capable of. And it's just made me want to do more. And my, seeing my kids be proud of me, seeing my husband be proud of me, and then just that feeling of pride in myself, and realizing that not only have I been able to naturally kind of reverse, not all of it will go away. It just is what it is. We're, we're all going to struggle with our health. But to be able to reverse a lot of it and have the energy to, and confidence to compete in a pageant. Like, if you had told me 10 years ago that I was going to love competing in pageants, I would have literally laughed in your face. Because I was overweight, depressed, and had zero self-esteem. But that's where I met our good mutual friend, Megan, too. Yeah coming into the pageant that first year and speaking and just being like, this woman is my spirit animal. So just also like, it's funny to see kind of the spider web connections that have come from giving an MLM a chance. I love it. It's been a hard year with it. I'll admit it. I have, you know, you have that up and then you have that down. But sure. at the end of the day, there are products that I believe in and love. It's an income that we can rely on. We've always been able to rely on a bottom line income we know will come in. And the people have been amazing. So I'm just saying, if you're sitting on the fence with an MLM because it is an MLM, 
I wish that stigma would kind of go away. I know, like you said, there's that icky kind of stigma, but there's also some real good there. And if you find a, a product line and a business and a company that align with your beliefs and align with your morals and align with what you want from your life, just do it. Do it scared. That's what I always say. Just do it scared. People yeah. are going to judge you anyway. Like that's where I'm at, especially in the day and age of social media, we're going to be judged if we're too quiet, if we're too loud, if we're too opinionated, if we're under it, like you can't win. So you may as well do what feels good to you. Yeah, absolutely. I actually uh, just recently posted uh, a note that that was one of, uh, uh, now I'm going to forget the name. Um, but anyways, it was uh, actually Aristotle quote that said, um, if you do not want to be criticized, then, you know, do not uh, act, do not be, do not do anything. Basically, that's your really your only choice. If you don't want criticism, then you you might as well hide. You may as well live off the grid and not know anybody because if you're not completely off the grid and you're doing nothing, people are going to talk about it. I mean, we and that's that's the biggest thing that I'm learning in therapy that I love is I cannot control other people's responses, and it's not my job or responsibility to. Right, other people's emotions. Other people's thoughts and feelings and opinions are not my responsibility. And that is a really hard lesson to learn. And even some days I still like, no, I can't say that or do that because what if someone hates me? You know, we all get caught in that, but breaking that cycle and just living life the best way we know how and the best way that fulfills us, that's the greatest service you can do to yourself and the people that matter, the core people, your family and your closest friends. Yeah. So that's, I just encourage people, you know, I'm not even saying join my company. I love my company. But if my company doesn't align with your beliefs, then find the company that does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I remember um, almost about two years ago, I remember that moment where you're like, so we weren't having any more kids and <laughs> twins. <laughs> like what was going through your mind in that moment? Well, what a lot of people don't realize too is my husband and I were actually like in the process of separating. He struggles with alcoholism. That big beast had taken over that entire year of our life. I was going through some serious stuff. I'm adopted. I had just found my biological family. I had just learned that my biological father died in 2009. And that's, that's literally one of two of adopted kids' worst nightmares. Our worst nightmares is either that they've died and we'll never meet them or that they hate us and never want to meet us, right? So I was living through one of my worst nightmares at the same time that my husband was spiraling. Thankfully, he's, he's just as open and honest as I am because he wants to help people. But so we had been separated. We had not really been intimate. We're getting a little TMI. Um, we had one night, kind of funny. It reminds me of Mean Girls. You know, you guys all know what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but anyway, so my emotions when I realized I was pregnant, first of all, were terror because I was always already like concerned about my five children. And then I was faced with six. I was committed to doing the pageant. So I talked to the directors and I was still going to do the pageant. And I was committed to figuring out what avenue was going to work for me and my husband. And at, at that time, it was an emotional separation of I need space to figure out, can I continue to handle to support you through this? Or do we need to figure out something different for the wellness of our children and I woke up 
at five weeks knew before I even missed a cycle to stick by that point by that that was actually my eighth pregnancy because I've had a couple of miscarriages but by that point you just know you know, you that know. And I, I remember waking up going oh shit <laughs> right so I go into my first appointment I was super super sick my hormone levels were off the chart my OB tracked them because I had had the miscarriages so she those first weeks checked you know my hormone levels she's like your hormones are really high so you're either further along or you have multiples. So we go in looking for multiples. And I'm just like, oh, no, go in and they only see one baby. They promise me there is only <laughs> one baby. Don't want to compete. I'm still super sick. I go in after the pageant to get it checked out because I felt like maybe I had overdone it. And I was just having some symptoms. I was concerned I was miscarrying again. And they do an ultrasound. I will never. This is like burned in my mind. It's like a movie that won't stop playing. The tech just looks at us and goes, so the pregnancy looks healthy, but how many babies did they say there were? Just imagine my car breaks screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I just start laughing and crying and shaking. And I was like, what? And she literally says to me, she looks at me. She was the sweetest ever. She's like, honey, you can have your freak out in a minute but I need you to hold still so I can make sure the second baby is even viable. And I was like, like legit holding my breath. She pulls it out. There are two healthy babies in there. She's like, I have to call your doctor because one baby's measuring five days behind. They think that's why they missed him at first. They think literally we had two separate implantations. Um, and I'm just sitting there laughing and crying and shaking. And I look over at my, I love him, but he's an idiot. My idiot of a husband who goes, I have super sperm. <laughs> Yes, honey, that's what we got out of this. That's I appreciate you. That's what happened. I was like, no, no, I, this, no. <laughs> I remember like, I'm over here freaking out. And he's just like patting himself on the back. I'm such a man. <laughs> I've got you twice. I'm like, you're a little bit embarrassing. Because <laughs> then he said it to the tag machine. That's just who we are, though. We're we're that highly inappropriate. Like we're gonna make you blush or laugh or both, or like question all of your life choices if you're around us. But yeah, yeah so it, it took me. And then, like I said, we were having some serious issues. But to watch him step up because I was I have never been sick on the level I was sick with those twins. I mean, I was having in-home treatments because I was not keeping anything down. I had to have every other day IV infusions at home. They couldn't even get like my veins. I was so dehydrated. I had to go to the hospital, have the special, I don't remember what they're called, but the special phlebotomist has like this tool that they can use, like an ultrasound to find a vein deep enough that they could get to. Like it was oh. bad. It was bad. And to watch him step up and take over the housework and the kids and rearrange his work schedule and, and be mom and dad for the six months that I was just face down in the toilet just reminded me, okay, he's a good man with some demons. I probably took a solid six months to accept that I was having twins because in my mind, my life was a mess. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to do two babies at once? I can barely handle five kids. All that self-doubt came crashing down. Sure. And then after I had the twins, postpartum depression just came in like a wrecking ball. And anxiety, the postpartum anxiety, I don't think that gets talked about enough. The postpartum anxiety, I literally would not sleep because I would be convinced that if I went to sleep, I would die or all of my kids would die. It was a horrible panic attack that would literally last all night. So back in therapy, back on some medication, 
Can I just tell you though, like this sounds really depressing. Having twins has been the coolest thing ever. It is such a neat experience. Like I gave, I had my first C-section. That was its own battle. I ended up with a hysterectomy last June from complications from giving birth. Like, let me tell you, my body did not like having twins, but the twins themselves, I can't imagine life without them. They're my little miracle babies. They are, we made it to 36 weeks, five days. They were five pounds, seven ounces, six pounds, seven ounces. They're healthy, only 24 hours in the NICU for one. And their little personalities, like, I need two totally different babies at once. And that's what I try to remind myself as I'm struggling with my body and I'm struggling with my health and I'm just struggling in general. I created two completely different, amazing little humans at once. And to see my big kids with them and the excitement they've had and they have brought so much joy. And that has been my greatest life lesson. Your hardest struggles can bring you your greatest joy. Because I will tell you, the last two years have been the hardest freaking two years of my life. I've never been so depressed. I've never been so anxious. My marriage has never gone through so much. And I've also experienced joy like I've never known. So just to be able to find that in my hardest moments, even today, today was an absolute shit show. Like there is, I wish I actually should have worn my welcome to the shit show shirt for this interview because of what today has been like. But then to be able to sit here and talk about it and talk it through and recognize like there's also been so many blessings. Like we bought a 12 passenger van. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> don't fit in a suburban, <laughs> but we found one that's new and affordable and nice. And my kids are just the neatest little people ever and seeing them come into their own personalities and their own likes and dislikes and their little opinions. And I mean, in the midst of all the chaos, I just feel so blessed. And there's just so much love and so much good. Yeah. And I feel like I just rambled, but that's fine. That's just who I am. No, it's perfect. It, 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 you know, it goes completely into who I've always recognized you as a person to be. Like we all, we all have days where life is a shit show. I have a shit show shirt myself. We should have coordinated our outfits. We could have worn them together. <laughs> but we all have that. Like that's not that's not unique to any one of us. But the difference is if you can figure out how to find the joy in all of that, then it's all worth it to me. It's all worth it. I know now I have to call my husband and apologize for my meltdown earlier. <laughs> Because now I'm remembering how cool he is and how good he really is to all of us. And I probably should have been nicer. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, I think I love you. to talk about him, I think really, you know, he's dealing with stuff that we all deal with. We all are good humans, most of us. And we all have some demon that we're fighting all the time that most everyone else never even knows about. Right. You know, and being able to give yourself a little grace, being yeah. able to talk about it to the people that you love the most, as long as you can do those two things, it'll be all right. And I just feel like marriage really is, marriage relationships in general are like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yeah. some days we're just ugly, and some days we spew things. And I, this is where I really have to learn is to stop spewing every thought in my mind. Because not every thought in my mind needs to be said out loud. Some of them are freaking funny, so you're welcome. Some <laughs> of them are just garbage, and 
you know, we get stuck in our own insecurity. And this just goes back to like, guys, I am so unbelievable. Anybody that knows me knows I'm so unbelievably not perfect. Uh, but I just struggle with insecurity. I struggle with accepting love. And I'm sure there are people out there that can relate to that. Sure. I really, truly struggle to believe that people can love me. I don't know why. If you guys have the secret to that, let me know. You got like the magical answer. Um, I struggle to even just love myself some days, but I work really hard and very consciously. It's a very conscious decision to recognize that and work on it and to recognize that I do have value even on the days that I think I don't. And the biggest thing for me is I don't want my kids to repeat these patterns. I want my kids to always feel loved and secure. So I also know that I have to model that for them. So when I screw up and I make the disparaging comments about myself and for my children, I'm like, that wasn't okay. Yeah. Shouldn't talk about themselves like that. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to see that. I'm sorry that you had to hear that. And I think I can confidently say that my, probably my greatest attribute as a mother is my self-awareness and my willingness to apologize and be real with my kids. I don't feel like it serves them for me to be fake all the time and pretend everything's fine and dandy and never let them see me struggle. I shouldn't maybe always let them see so much, but I shouldn't let everybody see so much. <laughs> but I do go to my children on our worst days and I say, just remember that I love you and please remember that mommy is human. And yeah. mommy has human emotions and mommy has her own struggles. And I think that if our kids can see that, that they're gonna be okay. And I always tell my therapist, I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm going to screw them up just enough to make them really funny. <laughs> That'll be perfect. Twisted sense of humor, and they'll bring some humor to the world. Totally. Well, and I think I think it's super powerful to be able to be vulnerable with your children so they can see that that is actually normal. It is right. not something that you need to hide from everyone in your life. It doesn't mean you need to put it on display to everyone, but it also right. doesn't mean that you can't show it at all. And so many people don't realize that. Right, like, this is home, we're at home. This is our safe place and I love, I read the most beautiful thing on Facebook and there's been a lack of beautiful things on Facebook lately, we all know that. But this beautiful thing about, it was something about why children are so good for other people that fall apart at home with their mothers. And it's because we're their, we're their safe haven. Yeah. This is where they know they can fall apart and show the ugliest sides of themselves and still be loved. Yeah. And how beautiful is that? That your children go out into the world, they're on their best behavior, they're on point all day, and then they come home and melt down. Because at home, they're comfortable. At home, they're safe. At yeah. home, they're loved. At home, they're walking in very loudly from the school bus. <laughs> it's it's just, it, that was just so comforting to me because I did have one of those moments where like, why are you guys so good at school and so shitty here? And then I, like, the next day I read that, and I was like, oh, damn. That's why. That's why. <laughs> and I'm not saying I let them get away with everything, because what does that teach them? But to be right. like, a little crap sacks. But to know that I have provided that for my children, that they will go out into the world. They know what's expected of them at school. They know what's expected of them if a babysitter's here or at their friend's house. And then they can come home and fall apart to me. And that's, that's all I want. And that's all I think any mom wants is for their kids to know that they're loved and know that they can come to us. The other thing I've done is I've provided them with people they can go to if they don't feel comfortable talking to me. Because let's face it, it's like, it's like 
really good at ballet if you're not watching for the second totally oh i don't know what i'm doing you know what i mean on the flip side they're not always going to want to tell their mom so they have their aunties and they have like you know just this these other adults in their life that are safe or they have their therapist now like you know like i said my daughter my both my daughters came to me and said life has been really hard i'm really struggling we have to provide if we need these outlets they need those outlets and that is the biggest thing i try to remember about children we as adults can barely get our shit together why do we expect these little people who have a third of the experience that we have to always have their shit together and that sometimes really hard because we're tired and overwhelmed and we're over it but if we can also remember that as parents and it's just you know in general people when you see a child melting down like maybe remember that that adults behave badly more often than children do in public so maybe just like pat that mom on the shoulder and tell her she's doing a good job or the dad oh i know like i all my kids are grown now so uh it's very different perspective right yay i win the award they've all grown and they're doing fine they're they're surviving um but it's so it's such a different experience for me to see a child crying or dragging behind the cart in the grocery store because i'm like oh bless your heart i promise it will it will not always be that way i just want to give every mom a hug i also want to hug them and be like teenagers are so much worse Mm. no one tells you but teenage girls are mean yes very they're so mean i always look at them and i'm just like why why are you crying right now and they're like i don't know and i'm like i actually really can relate to that right I mean, go get us some cookie dough ice cream and we'll just cry about reasons we don't know. Right. It'll be fine. It's fine. fine. This is fine. That's our motto in this house. This is fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. I have a t-shirt that says that too, just in case I, I forget. I need that. I also feel like when my doorbell rings, there they are. When my doorbell rings, it needs to play Welcome to the Jungle. Just to like. Oh, yeah. Yes. Games until you step inside, guys. Yeah. It's hysterical because my sister has a welcome mat in front of her doorstep that it says, hold please, we may not be wearing pants. I love that! Because no one in the house wears freaking pants! <laughs> like, why do we even have pants? All right, so my very last question, and we will make sure to get contact information from you so everybody can find you. Um, but my last question is, how do you give back? I live to serve my community. I'm actually really excited to service Mrs. Caldwell. If you haven't been down in Caldwell, for those of you local to Idaho, a lot of things are changing down here. It's becoming very family oriented. Our our downtown square is really cool. I just live to serve. Part of the reason I like to be so honest is because I want other people to know that it's okay. Like it's gonna be okay. I want other women, especially women and mothers, because it just resonates with me because I've had so many struggles. I just want other women to know it's okay to be real. I think that we have all of this pressure on us to be Instagram perfect all the time. And and who does that serve? Right. Nobody. I, I treasure my time getting out in the community. I actually have joined the, we forgot this one thing, joined the board of Miss Idaho America because I want to help these girls see their worth and see their value and know that you can do what you want to do. There isn't some step-by-step guide that you have to follow. You have to be this perfect step for life to give value to the, to the world. And that's what I want to show is 
even as a mother of seven children, I want to be out in my community making a difference. I want people to see me. I want people to, to look at me and think, she smiled at me today and I feel better. I want people to look at me and think, you know what? Her life is a shit show. She's very open about it. And it makes me feel better about my own shit show. Right. And I just want people to have that confidence to say, okay, maybe right now I'm not at my best, but I can be. I can pull myself up. Like if I, if that's the legacy that I can leave behind, that you can be a mess, you can be a disaster, but you can also still be a success story. Yeah. And actually like behind every success story is an absolute shit show of failures and struggles and tears and, and chocolate binging. Like that's what I want to leave behind. That's what I want. That's what I want my reputation to be when I go out into my community is she may not, she doesn't have it all together. She's super open about it. But she still tries and she still serves and she still fundraises and um really just a really fun like sad example example is my first year competing one of my very very best friends to come out of that um her husband passed away unexpectedly a month before the pageant which oh. then left her ineligible to compete it was this awful it was just awful i just to this day that woman i admire so much but we rallied around her as sisters and said, what was important to Troy? Well, he was a type one diabetic and always said, if he ever won the lottery, he'd give it back to kids. So we then put on for a few years, this amazing fundraiser to benefit Camp Odaya. I think in total, we ended up sending over the years, multiple cabins full of children for free who's, who struggle with type one diabetes. And just to see something so magical come out of such an awful tragedy and to see this bond of sisterhood that we now have because we held we call each other a teepee you know we lean on each other when life is hard you never yeah. you're never going to fall over because you always have that person to lean on but just to see us pull together and honor this incredible man who loved this incredible woman and definitely left way too soon that's just another example in my life of Sometimes the most amazing things come out of the darkest tragedies and yeah. just hold on and remember that like you're in the trenches, you're in the thick of it now, but you don't know what beautiful things coming. You never know right around the corner, what miracle, what just magical gift is coming. Like, I don't even know how to put it. Like miracles do come out of the grossest of times. Yeah. Just, just remember that guy. It's clean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I will let you go and get to your children that are now home from school. Um, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. For everyone out there watching, thank you for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. And yes. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim Life show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.